Welcome to the Salem Sports Podcast. This is Coach Noza. Coach Sanderson. Coach Martino. Coach Martino is socially distanced right now. And yeah, our... I'm not going to be by you two sick guys. <laughs> I, got my, I got my life in order here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a plastic bubble around my torso and face, so I'm safe. <laughs> That's right. All right. <laughs> Today we have a good guest from the OSA, the executive director, Peter Weber. He's going to fill us in about what the OSA is going through and the guidelines that they're sending out to schools. Peter, thanks for joining us. And basically, we just want to get an overall overall look at what's going on and, and maybe a few extra questions too, if that's okay with you. Yeah, no, you bet. We um, One thing though, we just, uh, you know, I, I think I told you today we were waiting on some new guidance from the state. I think they just posted it like within the last hour. That's okay. Totally, so this could all change. Totally OHA way to do it at 6.15 at night <laughs> but uh and so basically what it is it's new freeze guidance for school sports and and basically it's nothing indoors but you can do outdoors um i mean that's that's the basic gist of it there's a couple other pieces but that's the main piece so so is there more as far as like districts can create their own so i know here in salem kaiser they've basically suspended all athletic activities yeah, so in a lot of, not a lot, a few districts that we've talked to this week, when she made the announcement last week, they just shut everything down like Salem did. I think Ben Lapine did that too, um, which is obviously that's their prerogative to do that. Um, so, yeah, good times. <laughs> what do you think? Um, we Well, we were just kind of talking before you came on. What... Uh, I mean, does this change the the timeline of making some final decisions with the OSAA about you know um, are we are we moving forward um, you know with the January start time for winter sports or or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think it changes the timeline. You know, we'd kind of been pointing towards our next public executive board meeting, which is December seventh, to make some decisions. Yeah. So I think that's probably still a time when, when hopefully we can make some decisions. We've been meeting with our board about every two weeks since March. <laughs> so had a lot of discussions that uh, we've been meeting with our contingency groups and trying to come up with, you know, what, what are some good options um, when there probably aren't a lot of good options out there. I think the biggest issue for us right now, and, you know, certainly the freeze and the, the increase in counts doesn't help. Um, but the two biggest issues for season two are that basketball and wrestling are still prohibited and, and that um, in the guidance from OHA, if a school's in distance learning, they can't do indoor competitions. So you put those two things together and, you know, even swimming in season two, you know, they're not swimming outside. So uh, it makes it difficult. They could do some virtual meets and things like that but I, I think it's it's looking more and more difficult to start season two when we're scheduled to start it now you know what does that mean is it a delay is it a shift uh you know there's all kinds of options we're we're weighing those options right now and having those discussions with the board um, i think the washington association in the next couple of days is is they're looking at making some decisions too. our timelines have kind of followed theirs in terms of how we set up our seasons um so we'll see what they do and try and go with the best information we have but yeah it's interesting do you i mean do you see 
at, at your meetings, are there conflicting viewpoints from the, the different communities like, you know, Portland and Salem Kaiser, are they on one page? And then some of the rural communities in Eastern Oregon or the smaller school districts on another, or is there more, um, you know, or is everyone on a similar page? Well, I guess I would say, I don't know if it's conflicting viewpoints. I mean, certainly everybody brings their, their local bias to it. Um, I think the one consistent thing we've heard from our board really, you know, going all the way back to March is that they've been pretty consistent that when schools are able to participate, they want them to. And, and they know that that means that likely the larger districts and the more populated areas, it's not going to happen as soon as other areas. We saw that this fall with season one, which is why the board, you know, wanted to go with the season one option. Uh, because they knew places like Eastern Oregon and Southern Oregon, and some pockets in between, they were going to be able to be open and they were going to be able to play. And, and we saw that this fall. I mean, we had, we had a group of seven, I think it was seven schools in Eastern Oregon, 1A and I think a couple of 2A schools. They played a 14-match indoor volleyball season this fall because they were in person in school. They, they've been in person since August in school. And on our no board – I had no idea. On our board, when you have people from, you know, Hillsboro and Gresham and Salem and Eugene area, and they're looking at that like, what? You know, what, what's what's going on? So it's just it's just everybody comes from their different areas. I think people are pretty focused on trying to provide opportunities. I think the, in my mind, the tough decisions coming up with with having to change things is um, you can only shorten a season so much, and then and then is it really a season? And then what are your options? Are, do you look at, again, maybe stacking some things? Um, there are issues with that. I mean, there's issues with just about everything. Um, people have talked about, you know, season four, the traditional spring sports with them having been, been canceled last fall. Uh, should that, or last year, is that something that, you know, they should be more protected because they already lost a season and, you know, want to lose two. So there's all kinds of different ideas out there about, what, what that could look like. But I guess I would say overall, they've been, they've been fairly consistent in trying to provide opportunities where they can. Something we discussed is the concern that many high school coaches have that this kind of pause or, or delay in high school sports is going to lead to more of a club model where kids opt for clubs as opposed to high school sports teams. Is this anything that your, your, your board or whatever it may be has discussed or is concerned about as well. Absolutely. We've talked about that from the start. Um, again, one of the reasons that we waived the out-of-season coaching rule so that we could provide that opportunity, ideally within the schools in season one, um, you know, we didn't want to have those, those policies get in the way of that. We've also talked, you know, to OHA and the governor's office about that too, that, I mean, you guys have been around for a long time. You get it. Um, people are going to play sports. They're going to figure out a way to get it done, whether they're following the rules or not. I guess our stance has been that we feel like the best opportunity to do that safely and with the right people is with the coaches in the high schools. They're, they're trained. They have to have certifications. They're hired by the schools for a reason. Um, we have protocols in place, and we feel like that's the best and safest opportunity for kids. So we'd love to, to have that opportunity to do that through school sports. Um, I don't know that we're always going to have that opportunity based on some of the guidance that we've seen, but, but certainly that's been something that we've advocated for that we feel like out of all the groups out there, 
and, and this is not to bad mouth club sports or different things or just just like in high schools there's people that do well and people that don't do well same thing in club sports but we feel like there's a better opportunity to do it the right way the safe way if it's tied to the schools absolutely something that's going on in salem right now is there's a there's a large athletic club that's announced basically that we're going to stay open tomorrow and we're going to operate because we have no choice what would what would be the consequence i guess for a program or or a school that says despite the health risks our students best interest is to still be involved with athletics with their coaches because that's that's their community maybe their you know their home lives are kind of rough and maybe that's their safe place as being in high school sports i guess what would be the consequences at this point or have you guys discussed any of that We've discussed that a little bit. Again, our, our goal isn't to be um, punitive to schools. It's to try and provide, you know, here's the guidance that you need to follow. You need to follow it. Um, I think there's still opportunities, like we talked about before, with outdoor sports or even traditional indoor, indoor sports, but playing them outdoors. I know some basketball teams have been out, you know. Uh, I know I live in Wilsonville, and uh, some of the teams have been out on the elementary school covered playgrounds, you yeah, know, out running, crazy. you know, three on O fast breaks or whatever. So anything to get kids out and engaged, which is important. So I think one of the biggest issues that we ran into in the spring and it, and it popped up again this fall um, is the liability issue for schools. You know, there's, we've certainly, we get our fair share of emails at the OSAA telling us what, what we should do and, and, and those types of things, which is great. Um, but people saying, hey, you guys, you should just do whatever you want. Don't, don't follow the governor's guidance. And the reality is 294 schools, 240 of them are public schools. They have to follow that guidance. And included in that is the liability piece. So if they go against the OHA, if they go against ODE orders and something were to happen, um, that's not a situation that any school board superintendent wants to be in. So I think we focused on trying to, to provide those opportunities. Again, not ideal, but you can be outdoors, you can get workouts in, you can do all these things um, and still try and engage the kids. That has been one, one thing we've heard time and time again this fall from coaches and ADs is, especially in some of these larger districts that, that you know, maybe they were slower um, be, just because of their size to get open for workouts. But when they did, the response was just tremendous. Uh, you know, kids coming out. I talked to the athletic director, um, district AD in, in Portland a couple weeks ago. They had opened their workouts. Uh, they were one of the last districts to open. And they were doing like a soccer workout, expecting to have 40 boys show up. They had 200 boys show wow. up yeah. at one school. They're like, we don't even know who these kids are. Um, you know, they may not even like is. soccer. They're just yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. are to, uh, to engage and to be around their peers and to be around coaches, which is, again, great. It's one of the reasons we need to keep advocating and keep fighting for those opportunities uh, where it can be done safely. So if you put these requirements, say, say that everything has to be done outdoors, that's all you stay, say, right? So because I know Dean in, in, at Central was able to do a lot more with his guys than we're able to do in Salem Kaiser, but that has nothing to do with you. Is that right? When you when you say a lot more, you mean in terms of like during a practice or? Well, there was just before their guidelines were just different. This was before the pause, um, you know. But during season one, um, you know, the district's stance on it was, you know, we were we were able to be masked, 
you know, indoors um, with a, a limited amount of kids where Salem had the approach of like, there's zero contact. Um, there could only be, they had to be six feet apart at all times. Well, and you guys were scrimmaging at Central. Yeah. You guys were, yeah. Right. And, and so it was just a different, right. I don't know. It was just a different, um, yeah, there's just different guidelines, I guess. Yeah. Um, so we, is that what so, you're seeing? Yeah. To Jack's point. So, you know, we take, we take the guidance from OHA and the governor's office and pass that on to schools. We've put out some best practices information as well. Um, but ultimately you're right. It is up to the school district to determine, you know, just because something's allowed, like we talked about a few minutes ago, doesn't mean that a school district is even going to allow it. Um, right. When something is allowed, how they're going to do it, their protocols, you know, some, some school districts and schools are, you know, making sure they're taking temperatures every time. That's not required by OHA or the governor's office. Other districts are just asking screening questions or I'm sure doing other things. So um, that part, you're right, Jack, it is kind of up to the individual school and district to put their own policies in place, what they feel comfortable. Right. Sure. Well, Peter, before we, before we let you go, I just want to ask you one question out of curiosity, because since I was a seventh grader, I've gone to the state tournament every year. And last year, just like every other, I was set to pick my dad up, go up to the state tournament, watch the games. And then we, you know, we heard that it was, it was canceled. What was that process like starting the tournament with the girls tournament, like regular fans and everything. And then in a day, just kind of saying, we got to shut it down. Yeah, that was, um, well, I think at the time it was one of the most challenging things I've ever had to do in my career. You know, this is my, this is my 22nd year at the OSA. Uh, of course, now that I look back at that six months ago, that doesn't seem like it's that, you know, big of a deal based on what we're going through now. But, but no, that, that process, it was actually really interesting. We were, we were at University of Portland and um, the, the athletic director at University of Portland is a good friend of mine. We actually went to college together. So uh, he had lent us some space in their athletic offices to kind of set up camp and knowing that we had all these things going on and conversations and ended up being on conference calls, um, you know, during the day. Uh, on that Thursday, you know, late that night, we made the decision to continue the tournament, but no fans. Um, which that went over pretty well uh, with people <laughs> at that time. I'm sure those emails were great. Yeah, <laughs> but that was but that was based on um, you know I was on a conference call with a lot of the large school superintendents who were you know making decisions at that point about what they're going to do with school. Actually, the governor was on that was on that call, um, chiming in, just trying to fill. Everybody was just trying to get information, um, and then the next morning. Uh, as we were playing and we were getting more information and then, you know, we saw the, the NBA news with Rudy Gobert and then the NCAA and all, it was just all kind of flooding at once. And, and we were, I was sitting there with a couple of my staff members and we were talking to our staff that was in Corvallis, you know, they had started a day early because of a conflict down there. So they were already further along. And, um, you know, we talked to Oregon state, uh, our contact in the athletic department and they, they basically said, hey, the ADs of the Pac-12 are meeting right now, and there's a good chance that they're going to shut down all the Pac-12 facilities. And I was like, okay, well, when's that going to happen? They said, well, it's going to happen in like a half hour if it goes through. And I said, well, we're, we're in the middle of a game at Gill. We were in the middle of a game. And I said, you're going you're gonna to let us finish the game, right? I mean, we're not going to have to stop the game. And they said, no, we'll let you finish the game. But we had the teams there for the next game were already there they were down in their locker rooms um you know getting ready to play and 
you know, we, we had to go down and tell them that it was canceled. And then obviously at the child center, um, you know, we had all the boys teams showing up for the coaches meeting and, you know, we made the decision about, it was about 10 minutes before the coaches meeting is when we made the decision to shut everything down and walked into the coaches meeting with the, with the boys coaches. And I think most of them had a feeling that, that stuff was, was not going well. Um, and we talked to them and said, Hey, we're, we're going to have to cancel. It's not, it's not going to happen. And, uh, again, one of, one of the saddest days in my career, I'm, I'm a Oregonian myself. I played in the state basketball tournament and, and went a number of years and, uh, yeah, that was, that was a tough day, but that, but that from a process standpoint, that was, it was pretty interesting how things kind of, you know, panned out. And, and as we, you know, we made that decision and then we went back to the office late that afternoon, I met with my staff. Um, and then I didn't see the rest. I didn't see my staff for like two months after that because we, we shut everything down and we were all doing stuff virtually. Uh, and to think, to think where we're at, where we're at now, we're still in the midst of all this um, is just mind boggling. So Definitely. Well, thank you for joining us tonight, Peter. Appreciate you taking the time out and filling us in and filling our community here in Salem in about some of the things the OSA is going through and what we can look forward to in the future. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me on, guys. Good to talk Absolutely. to you. Thanks, Peter. Yeah. Okay. okay. Take care, we'll see guys. Yeah, bye. Take care. Well, that was good information from Peter about the OSA guidelines that they're sending out to schools. And I think it is interesting that every district kind of has their own process of determining what they're going to take from that and how they're going to apply it going forward. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought it was good, and, and I learned, you know, just talking to him about, I thought he was realistic about things. He wasn't trying to paint a false, positive picture. Um, you know, we're, I know I'm hoping that, that kids can play hoops and, and wrestle and, and uh, what else, swim in the winter. Uh, you know, but he basically said that, you know, that it's, that's going to be really, really challenging with where we're at. Hopefully something changes and, you know, a vaccine is available to the public. Maybe that changes everything, but, um, you know, I appreciated that he was, he was pretty honest there. Coach Sanderson, one thing we did talk about with Peter was that sports are going to go on and they have been going on in Idaho and out of the, what was that about? Out of the three oh, of us. I'm talking about, I, did you guys know that there was volleyball going on Eastern Oregon? I had no idea. Oh, yeah. I had no idea about that either. <laughs> yeah, that was actually, that was good information. They had a whole season. Nobody knew. I think it does show that, you know, our state is drastically different depending on what part you're in and uh, whether, you know, you're in uh, a major metropolitan area or rural um, John Day. There's two. There's probably various viewpoints of how to um, how to manage the situation we're in. Well, pretty soon there's going to be. If we got listeners in John Day. I want them to call in sometime. Yeah, I don't know the story right. of what's going on. Well, pretty yeah. soon there's going to be 75 states in America, but that's for a different podcast, yeah. not ours. <laughs> but Coach Sanderson, yeah. you were part of the the. Uh, if you build it, they will come games in Idaho. I, I don't know that I want to admit this on the airways. Oh, well, that's why we're bringing it yeah. up. <laughs> because it's just got to be out there that you were part of that group that went to Idaho. Because people do want to play. Kids want to play sports. Parents want to do things, which obviously comes with kids playing sports. Yeah. And from an outsider's perspective, those games basically seem like just kind of Hey guys, we all miss sports. Let's come here and play. And yeah, there wasn't a point to it. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't. It wasn't like the games were 
I mean, it was basically like an open gym is what I would, you know, compare it to the group that I, that the group of kids we were coaching, uh, were seventh graders and they were kind of from all parts of Salem Kaiser. And, uh, but they had, you know, they had groups flying in from Texas to play, um, in these towns of, you know, a thousand people in rural Idaho. Uh, so it was, it was actually kind of surreal, uh, being there and, and, and seeing this, I mean, these, the, the facilities weren't the greatest facilities, but nobody complained because they were getting to play. Um, and, uh, you know, I know those communities in Idaho loved it because, you know, the stores and restaurants and hotels and all that were, were full. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, good for kids to get a play and you're right. Every kid wants to play something right now. And so, um, you know, the sad part about it is, is if this continues any longer, it's just going to further divide the haves and have nots. And I know our, all of our past experience coaching at places like McKay and North Salem, and even at, at central now, um, you know, that's the last thing any good coach wants to see is kids that don't have the ability or the means to pay or to just be in a place that has that opportunity um again just for, falls further behind um so that that's kind of my thought is you just hate to continue to see that well and martino you're still at north working there have you had any interaction with athletes there who who were talking about missing sports and, and when they can play again you know i don't in my job i don't get to see uh the athletes uh, <laughs> or talk to them very often. I've talked to a lot of kids, but um, not to, to my knowledge, athletes. Now I do know we've been, we've been packing the place uh, when we were allowed to have it open. Uh, old coach Lane McLeod out there uh, counting names and counting numbers and checking kids over and getting fill out surveys as they uh, entered the brand new gym there for the, the well, workouts that they on. were able to do. Do you know about what is that um, process like? When the, when the kid enters the gym at North Salem and they want to work out, what do they got to do? You know, I don't know what happens in that gym. Dean might know more than I know. Um, I know at, at one point they were every 10 minutes spraying the ball off, <laughs> which still makes me laugh and cleaning the ball. But I don't know why that makes me laugh, but that makes me laugh. Yeah. Uh, because you so, can't imagine yourself as a coach saying, time out. No, <laughs> those balls. Let me... Hey, the horn just blew. Get out the Windex. I don't know what they're doing. That's the Lysol. I don't know what they're doing. Get the wipes. Uh... <laughs> All I know is I see them lined up outside as as they as the coaches check them in and they come in and pump the sanitizer, which I saw them doing at Central as well. Yeah. And then they they go into the gym and and do whatever they're allowed to do. But um, I guess as as Dean said in the earlier segment, they're they're staying six feet apart and stuff. Um, but we've seen more. Like I think we had good numbers at our soccer. Uh, from what I understood, our girls soccer, which we've never had a good turnout for, they showed up. Um, from what I understand. And uh, it's just too bad that it's all shut back down again because I think kids are starting to get some, starting to feel good about it. I know the coaches were. Yeah. One thing I would have loved to ask Peter was, you know, it's the winter time. People are just going to get sicker and sicker. It happens every year, regardless of a pandemic or whatever. I mean, do you guys think that the workouts will continue in two weeks or do you think we're going to keep getting pushed back and pushed back? Well, if, if any, I don't, I don't know why if, any of my current players would be listening to this. Um, but if they are, I, I certainly hope, you know, I certainly hope so. I don't want to, I don't want to be, 
dishonest, you know. So my guess is that, you know, a lot of people are thinking this is not just going to be two weeks. Um, you know, I hope it is. Yeah, yeah, but yeah definitely. That yeah, we'll see. As soon as I know, for me and I'm sure for most coaches, as soon as we're able to do something again, you know, we all want to do that because we want kids to have those opportunities to participate. Definitely, and and it's the same thing. I you know. The kids are. I think they will find ways to get, you know, their hands on a ball or, or get in some weight room of some sort. I think yeah. it's it's going to happen. We saw it in the spring. We saw it in the summer. What's going to be interesting now, though, with parents is, in the summer we had the parks to go to. Yeah, you could take your kids to the park. I know plenty of parent teams that were practicing and scrimmaging each other during the summer at parks. It's a little cold for that right now in Oregon. It a little is. rainy for that right now. Uh, I wonder how restless parents might get. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's just a really difficult position to be in for sure. It is, Coach Martino. You mentioned the new gym out at North Salem, and I've only seen pictures, and it looks amazing. What can you tell us about the it's new not, facilities? I'm, what else have they have done down there? I've only seen the gym. Uh, they got an unbelievable weight room, uh, and um, wrestling room. The wrestling room is massive i mean massive they were doing work in there today i guess there's some problems with i don't know something i saw a bunch of guys in there working today um no the, the gym's unreal i mean similar to at least on one side of the floor similar to um west salem i think um it reminds me of that up there they got the they got you can enter from the top but they got it blocked off you know how west salem had there when you come up to the top and you can come down the, the bleachers um the floor is amazing they got three full courts uh, kind of, I think like, uh, Wilsonville, I think Wilsonville has that same kind of setup that Wilsonville high school has. Um, it's beautiful. I mean, everything that's new in that place, the locker rooms are unbelievable. We got TVs in the classrooms, TVs in the locker rooms, two TVs in the weight room, I believe. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure my AD is going to listen to this and tell, tell me that I left out a bunch of stuff, but that's, well, we saw a picture of all those TVs. And, we just want to know why are there so many TVs? <laughs> Oh, listen. Well, we, then let's bring him on. I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell Brody he needs to come on here and let us know. There's TVs everywhere. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I want to know we what got they're a whole for. New, a whole new commons area. Listen, our kid. You guys know Trevor Ball. We, his classroom is bigger than my house. Uh, the the. Uh, but you know, I don't know that our kids deserve that. I mean, for sure. They, I, hopefully, they're able to take some pride in it. We had some kids for one week i'm in for limited instruction uh in-person instruction and we took them on a tour of the new building and and those kids were all they were all freshmen that went through it but there were some wide eyes like what what yeah. is going I mean, what are we what are we in right now i mean it's 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 all one side pretty much the school because the others you know the original school obviously is still there and you walk right through a doorway and you're right back in it um but man the stuff in the new in the new place is is as fancy and as nice as you'd imagine it and some classrooms overlooking the football field that are just unbelievable. Uh, it's just really well set up and put together. They did a great job. I think it's awesome that you know the facilities got updated. Part of me is going to oh, miss. No part of me is going to miss that old gym though. It was always my favorite awesome. gym to play in, and and when there was an atmosphere there, and when, when there was competitive games, it got loud. Even even when you know we were playing against you, Martin. You're at North, and we were at McKay. Oh, yeah, those were always fun. And, and you know we might not have always had the best talent, but I mean. The gym got loud. The students are yeah. facing each other. It was just—it was an amazing atmosphere, and I hope that can 
come to the new gym at some point. Yeah, you'd hope that it was. It, I mean, we don't have the seats behind the hoops anymore, which I always love. I love the seats behind the hoops. There's not man. many. I don't know if there's any school. I don't know what schools have that still, but that was really special and it was fun to go and be a part of as a player. Especially. I love yeah, some a, of our out of control kids a, going flying into the into the student yeah. section. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to George Smith if George yeah. Smith is listening, or Worthy Makachi, one of those kids going flying in there. So. <laughs> The uh, the band was always loud in that place. Even yeah. when I mean, it must have been the it must have been the building. But I remember coaching as a coach there and as a visiting coach. It was a nightmare in that place. You couldn't hear anything. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Definitely. Well, Coach Martino, me and you are out of the game right now. But Coach Sanderson's back in the game. <laughs> recently hired. As... So you guys are in the game with me, right? Uh, no, I've sucked convinced. Him, yeah. sucked him right <laughs> back. We are, we are former coaches at this point. Yeah, Coach Sanderson recently hired at Central High School as a head basketball coach. So obviously, this podcast will not be covering your team, but you can still be a part of this podcast. That's okay. But we're not. I gonna... appreciate that. What is uh... no. when he logs off, and you and I are going to talk? About yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me and Martino have our own podcast talking about, yeah. about <laughs> basketball in Monmouth and Independence. Yeah. What are what are I mean? Have there been any differences you've seen, uh, just from a smaller? community like independence versus a larger city of salem the you know the mecca salem over here yeah. uh well i mean for me i grew i grew up and played at dallas so you know central that. is uh you know <laughs> is similar you know is a similar uh, you know in terms of size community is is the one i grew up in um but i mean it, it's night and day to what we experienced at mckay i mean it in terms of everything it's different uh they take a lot of pride in their um, in their athletics. There, the community does. They're very involved, and uh, and they want it to be successful. They want to provide every opportunity for coaches to be successful, and um, you know, facilities are top notch. It's just different. I mean, it's a it's a totally different environment. Uh, I miss the kids at McKay, but I but I also you know have really enjoyed this this group of kids at, at central and, um, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll just be, I think it'll be a good change for me just experiencing something completely different, um, than where I was at before, you know, where we all, we were all at. So I'm excited for that piece of it. And, uh, you know, from, I live in West Salem and from my house, it takes me less time to get to central high school than it did McKay, you know, with, with driving through traffic or whatever on market street. And so, um, yeah, we'll see if I ever get to coach a game and, uh, I'm excited <laughs> if we do. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed, you know, the, I think just getting back into it, being around mm-hmm. kids and then, you know, with the pandemic and everything, it kind of makes you really appreciate the time you get, uh, you know, with those guys, I was really disappointed that we had to stop doing that. Martino, you've coached that, you know, smaller communities. You've been at Woodburn, and I don't know where else you've been. You've been so many places. But <laughs> what are some maybe some differences you've noticed between a bigger community like Salem versus a town like Woodburn with you know one high school? Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's easier to I don't I don't want to use the wrong phrase here, but get things done at a smaller high school. And I, when I was at Woodburn, and you're the only high school there, um, you didn't have to <laughs> climb fifteen ladders to to get a check to buy basketballs. You know what I mean? You have to fill out seven pieces of forms of paper to, to do a fundraiser. Um, so that piece of it makes that easier. You have an idea, you want to do something, you go do it. 
uh, you're at a bigger district and understandably you got to go through a, a number of hoops that you're like, what? I got to do this yeah. now. I just did three <laughs> other things. <laughs> nope. You have to do this one because you didn't fill out duplicate seven yeah. to figure out if you can get that basketball rack or, okay. or reading the, reading the budget. Remember the, remember oh, trying to read on. how much money you had in your club account. It was like, I had to break some code. I, <laughs> they didn't teach me that in college, man. <laughs> I had no idea. I was there 10 years. I still have no idea how much money was in that account. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, no, so, all of it was, I mean, I remember going to coming into Woodburn one day and said, Hey, I bought a bunch of polos for my coaches. Oh, give me the receipt. We'll pay you back. And they, Sometimes it was cash. I mean, this is the early. Yeah. Just, Here you go. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was different, but no, you try and buy a polo teaching at a big at a big uh, school district. Oh, yeah. I, I just want to buy a polo. Yeah. Nope. Well, you can buy a polo, but you have to get it out of uh, category seven of your funds, which are only used on Wednesdays and Thursdays after six. It's tricky. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think we're wrapping up our podcast for today. We had Peter Weber on giving us the OSA guidelines. Very informative. It was great. Any closing thoughts? As you know, now we only do one podcast every four months. <laughs> we'll have to get. Yeah, if we keep having people like that on that you know give good information and instead of just hearing each other talk, I think you know. Yeah. We'll do it. Good we'll do it more. So I put it on you to continue to get guests like that. I mean. Nope. Didn't. I'm gonna put that on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we, we gotta keep it. We're gonna get that on.